Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Much of the same thing over and over again. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is September 7th, Fightful Wrestling Podcast. We're talking WWE Raw. We're joined by Denise Salcedo. Denise, how the heck are you? I'm doing awesome. Great to be back here. There's lots to get into. We got, I mean, not necessarily from Raw. We have lots of exclusive news up on Fightful.com. I got interviews with Matt Cardona, Thunder Rosa, Eric Young, um, Ricky Starks. Three of those were on All Out. Another one won a world championship. The Fightful Wrestling Weekly dropped today. And over on Fightful Select, I just posted a story about Paul Heyman being influential in the uh, the content that you see regarding Roman Reigns of late. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Uh, I post exclusive news there every single day. I also post, we, we post like six, seven new podcasts every single week. There's a whole lot there. <sighs> it was a long raw for me today. I'm not going to lie. It sure was for me too. I'm going to read some of these super chats. Some of you might be tuning in and say, what the heck are super chats? Well, you donate an amount. It gets your question. It gets your statement read live on the air here at youtube.com slash fightful. And it helps support us and what we're doing here. You can also leave a thumbs up. You can subscribe. If you, if you fancy it, you can go track us down on Apple because if you go and review us on Apple, that lets more people know that you don't hate our podcast. And because so much of our audience is here on YouTube, it's a little more difficult for us to, uh, to get that audience over there to get those reviews. So the more you help, the more it helps us. Dizzy C. Did you say if you fancy it? Yes. If if you you fancy fancy it. it. Yep. Yep, sure did. Do you know what that means? Yeah, like if you like if you like us, like if you fancy us, like yeah. you know, yeah. I've been hanging out with with the British a lot lately. Yeah, I, it's starting to show. It's definitely <laughs> starting to show in your vocabulary. Speaking of Europeans, I, I'm doing a show every week now with uh, Kenny McIntosh of Inside the Ropes. Go check that out. That's on their uh, that's on their 
podcast platform, and I've had a lot of people say, oh, congrats on all these new gigs. Guys, I'm completely Fightful, 100% Fightful. Uh, I'm never leaving Fightful under any circumstances unless Jimmy Van fires me. Uh, but I have realized over the past few months, as Denise, I know you have too, we didn't realize how little of a footprint we had in Europe until you're on some of those shows. And it has been, it's been great for Denise. It's been great for myself. It's been great for Fightful. So, uh, definitely looking to expand in that regard. I'll also be on MMAfighting.com's podcast this week and Quizzlemania, but Fightful for life, my friends. Go buy some shirts. Shop.fightful.com. But, uh, Dizzy C says, did I ever tell you what the definition of insanity was? It's the same, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. That is crazy. Uh, while I, I admire that segue, I think that is the most overused cliche of all time, and I'm not sure that's actually accurate. But it is in terms of this, Denise, because this show featured a lot of over and over and over and over again, and I'll get to them individually as they happen, but very little feels new on this show. I honestly liked two things out of this show, and that was about it. But other than that, it kind of just felt like you have the same pile of clothes, and you keep putting them in the washing machine and seeing what new versions you pull out. And i that's kind of how I felt. I thought we saw a lot of the same thing that we've been seeing every week, just changed up just a little bit. Patel Ron Six, who is in charge of uh, No Profanity September, a charity initiative we're doing, says, it's hot over there, Denise. Drink some Jaritos. Bro, Jaritos. I need to hear you ha- try at least Jaritos. 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 Did I <laughs> you do need it? To practice. You need to roll the R's Jaritos. more. Jaritos. You know it? what? It's not too bad. Not it's too very, bad. it's not horrible. I'm done not going to say it's horrible. Done some voiceover work in my day, if you believe it. Throwback27 says, have an awesome show, guys. And he hashtags Wildboy and U.S. Champion. We're always sending love to our friend Wildboy. Uh, Anakin JMT says, glad to see Denise didn't melt in the heat. Uh, yeah, we are very glad. I hope you're dealing with that okay. I know it's brutal out there. It's over yesterday and today. Yesterday and the day before that has been over 110 degrees. We have an orange sunrise today. I woke up with a white, ashy car. My car is black, and it was white today from all the ash. Are you staying safe through all that? Please. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fires are, I like to say, in the rich people areas, you know, in the hills and all of that. It ain't down here where the poor people live. So my house is protected. But, but, you know, but it's still, you know, you go out and it's, it's, you can tell there's fires. Yeah, well, please stay safe. Uh, definitely sending our best to to fightful friend Jeff Hawkins, who too is out there. Uh, want you guys to stay safe out there. Uh, Anakin also says, I know for sure I am not Tim Traver when it comes to fishing, but I got Sean's cookies made, and boy, are they good. I'm telling you. Like, I clean my eating up, and somebody sends me, like, a new junk food, and I'm ready for these cookies. Uh, but the Dallas Fan 82 says... Holy shaking of the camera, Batman. Somebody make it stop. It made me dizzy to the point of me closing my eyes. So stupid and unnecessary. My wife never watches Raw with me, and she came in and watched it tonight. Um, and she's like, what are they doing with the cameras? Like, why, why does this keep happening? It's, it's, it becomes obvious to people who are there. Now, wrestlers that I've, been, I've talked to said, oh, they say it's to protect our strikes. And it's like, just tell people to work on their strikes. 
I mean, there's t- certain shows, certain moments where I notice it more, and then there's some where I don't. I didn't notice it as much today, but that could also be just because, you know, you're used to it. Um, but there has been a lot of moments where I'm just like, okay, it's t- it's too much. Yeah. Uh, we get a super chat from Mad Machina Max saying, pouring one out for the Venture Brothers today. I don't know what that is, but I know it got canceled. Um, Raul Ortega says, don't give a family sticks, or Mexican family sticks. We've been practicing since we were kids. Those Thank pinatas. You. This is a, a yes. topic you hit on earlier, Denise. I not I kid you not. I, I the first thing when they were all like smacking smacking uh, Murphy with the with the kendo stick, I thought, man, this is like what we've exactly how you said it. Like we've been practicing for practicing for this our entire lives. You know, hitting the pinata got the moment, man. I was a little jealous, you know. <laughs> and Rob Wilkins says, glad to see Denise able to do a show with her idol, as is tradition. Oh yeah, me. I was like, what? I was like, I don't see Taylor Swift here. Me. <laughs> Ed Sword PS4 says, Thunder, don't ban me for a too sweet gesture. I'm going to need some documentation to believe that, especially since they have trademarked that symbol. So we're going to go ahead and get into the show. Um, We're going to cover this segment collectively. Are we to believe that Drew McIntyre rented an ambulance, Denise? Maybe he just wanted to make a grand entrance. Yeah, he rented one or I mean, he stole it. So either he's going to jail or the man rented an ambulance. I don't know. I honestly didn't put that much thought into that. But That's I feel that this Drew, new Drew McIntyre that we're seeing that's looking pretty pissed off, he might have just taken it without any disregard because it's not like you can go to, I don't know, your local car renter dealership place and rent an ambulance. You might be able to, like an old one, but that one looked pretty new. Anyway, I'm interested. I want to know how he got a hold of this ambulance. Please send your uh, recommendations, your your ideas in on the live chat. Also comment below if you haven't already. Um, he cuts off Randy Orton and Clay Morrison. This was okay, but it got better throughout the night. Uh, Drew McIntyre really showed an edge. I actually liked how Raw kicked off today. I thought it started off pretty good because, I mean, I wasn't expecting him to come out in an ambulance. And then he just comes in and, you know, gives Orton the Claymore. I thought it was great. He came in with a, with a ton of aggression. He was pissed. He had all this energy. I mean, this felt big deal. And so I actually liked how this whole thing started off tonight. I love Adam Pierce. He's great. Well, he exudes the leadership role, the boss type, very perfectly. It's like those perfect typecastings that you get like every once in a lifetime in a random movie. That's exactly how this feels. He's got a really authoritative voice. And, I mean, he was never really on WWE programming. Like He wrestled a few matches as enhancement talent, but he is largely, even more so than a Ring of Honor guy, he's known as guy who held the NWA World's Championship like five times for a while. Like he carried that flag for a very, very long time. Uh, he kicks out Drew McIntyre, uh, and that does not work. I think that Adam Pierce versus security is few to the year right now. Dude, they aren't they aren't on the same page. But honestly, he's been doing really great. I mean, I'll, I haven't hated any of the segments that he's been a part of. And if anything, it just kind of finally adds that you know, it, it kind of feels like having that authoritative 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 figure on the show really just kind of helps 
holds things in place. Jonathan Hedman has a couple super chats. He says, duh, he got it from Ambulances R Us. That is a Bruce Pritchard podcast reference. And he also says, can we make Adam Pierce the new Jack Tunney? I kind of like <laughs> that there are a group of officials like Pat Buck, Adam Pierce. Even we saw Finley when, when Becky Lynch won the Royal Rumble. Like he gave her that permission. I kind of like the group effort. Like there are a certain number of people. If you're wearing a tie, you have the ability to make a match. I th- I kind of like that. It's it's different. Well, especially without having to emphasize like, oh, this is your general manager. And then because, you know, when usually when that happens and they end up taking too much of the show or every little mm-hmm. thing, it's like, oh, the general manager has to have input. Like, no, we kind of just want to see it when it's really needed. So without having to put that emphasis of like putting someone specifically in charge, it just kind of, ha- you know, someone's there, but it ain't the focus. I love it. I think it's it's a really good approach. And you've got fresh faces like Adam Pierce and Pat Buck who – all due respect to Eric Bischoff, but they aren't a name from like 20, 30 years ago. Paul Heyman, same thing. I mean, I liked Paige in that role, honestly. I thought that she, she fit pretty well there. But like we had Baron Corbin and all these people that just wasn't, that just weren't good. Um, Gorilla Press mentioned, uh, it being odd if somebody got kicked out because AJ does the too sweet. Hannah Moore did mention that they tell you don't put your hands up in front of the screen unless you're clapping. So that could be it. But Oblivious Carrie says uh, Baron Corbin can make any match too. It seems like it. It seems like just Baron Corbin comes out there and says something, and he somehow makes a match. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like Baron Corbin just doesn't have the same rules that apply to everybody else. (laughs) It seems a little bit weird. And Gorilla Press, as, as you guys can tell, the most interactive show around here he says what if adam pierce has something to do with retribution's easy access and it's a swerve that would certainly make sense considering how garbage the security is denise i actually would have thought that that'd be pretty funny and i didn't think about that until that was mentioned right now so it would kind of make sense especially since they were kind of brought in around the exact same time sort of so i mean it would be interesting because you got it you have to think hey how are these people getting all this access into the arena and to be honest with you there there is meat on the bone if WWE wants to reference it i know a lot of stuff that vince mcmahon specifies or that he prefers he doesn't he's like nobody watches anything but wwe well adam pierce is a guy who probably could have very well gotten into wwe definitely had the skills definitely had the microphone chops but never did never got that unless it was to teach other people things he helped run 205 live which has been largely ignored yeah i think there's some meat on the bone there uh but later on we get Another Keith Lee-Randy Orton match. It's the fourth one in like two and a half weeks, Denise. I'm going to go back to Dizzy C's comment over and over again. And you'll hear me talk about it over and over again. The fourth time in two weeks. Why? And I had a couple people say, oh, so you just want cold matches. No. not One does not mean, oh, okay, well, I want matches without any build. Build them up. But as we've seen... That's not what happens. They just start a match, and they do it over and over again, Denise. Why do you think that is? 
I have no idea what that is. And I feel like we've been seeing it most noticeably with, you know, the tag team matches. That's where I feel that I noticed it the most. But specifically with this, I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, the first one we ha- first time we had Randy Orton Keithley, it felt like a big deal, right? Yeah. Because it was the first time. But having to see it again, it's going to take away if this is ever going to be a pay-per-view match or something like that. It's not going to necessarily have that same excitement that we had going into it the first time. So it just, I think we need to have, uh, you know, Keith Lee could be working with some of the other guys too, just to sort of keep building his presence on the roster and keep building his momentum. And I mean, this week, Keith Lee just kind of, he, there's got to be a point, right, where he starts getting pissed that Drew McIntyre is on his own agenda coming in and essentially ruining his matches for him. At some point, isn't Keith Lee going to confront Drew McIntyre? Because I feel like you could see this going either two ways. Like, And, yeah, I get it. They're protecting Keith Lee in the sense that he's not losing necessarily to Randy Orton. But at the same time, it's like he should be more aware that, hey, Drew McIntyre has been having a consistency of coming out here and ruining these matches and if you want to avoid both of those either keith lee taking a pin or drew getting involved in his matches you could book him in a different match because there there, you go. there are people that are not randy orton that could that he could face and they could have issues with uh, eloquent says keith lee is an afterthought in the randy feud would rather see him in a real program that's what i'm hoping i need keith lee next week as you mentioned to say drew I mentioned it two weeks ago. I'm telling you now, stay out of my matches. You're my friend. I respect you. But stay out of my matches. And I mean, they could even... They could even do something like if they just want to showcase Keith Lee, you know, being this guy that does like these, you know, that looks impressive when he does these power moves. Dude, put him up against somebody that's going to bump like crazy for him and put on just like an entertaining match so you can start setting this precedent for Keith Lee and just, you know, having some sort of repertoire for him. And I just feel like they're, I get it. Like, I love the fact that he was automatically put in with the, you know, the main, the, the, you know, main event stars because that's exactly what I thought should have happened. But there should also be some sort of way to keep building up his momentum instead of just having him tossed to the side. So I, I did like this brief match. I liked Keith Lee's reversals out of the RKO, but then Drew caused the DQ. Uh, I have a a super chat from Anakin JMT that says, do you know why Vince likes seeing the same matches over and over? Has anyone been able to explain it to you? Sort of. Uh, it was actually last week really crazy hours somebody very very high up spoke to me and we were kind of talking about stuff and they're like oh well what's something that you like what's something that you don't like and i said i hate that you guys are running the same matches over and over again and that person said well it's very hard when vince shows up the day before or hours before and just changes things and just makes things goes back to the same thing over and over again so this person who would definitely know Points the finger directly at Vince McMahon. Points the finger directly at Vince McMahon. It's frustrating to hear. It's frustrating to hear because it's him getting in his own way. It's him making things less interesting. I'm not saying that it can't be good. People look upon fondly uh, uh, Booker T best of seven series from WCW that he had. But, I mean, you don't have to do that with everybody. And we're going to keep hammering this home. I'm going to keep mentioning this. As it happens on the show, because it's really frustrating to just see the same thing on a three-hour show when you have 
a, a performance center full of talent at your disposal. Uh, but Randy Orton's jaw was at uh, Drew McIntyre's disposal. He just kept claymoring him. He showed up later that night and claymored him too. Colt Bedeau says, is Drew versus Randy going to be a jaw versus jaw match? It seems like it. Uh, Orton was upset at Adam Pearce, said that his words mean nothing. And I thought that Randy Orton made Drew McIntyre look like a million bucks tonight because we don't see Randy gotten to to that level very much. No, I actually like how this whole thing played out for the rest of the night. And then, you know, towards the end, I thought, I I honestly feel like we're getting, because Drew McIntyre, he was like, yeah, he's that cool baby face that you want to cheer for, you're excited for. Okay, but what else? I think that was the one thing that was missing, the what else for Drew McIntyre. We already like the guy, but what's going to keep us cheering for him? And I feel that this whole program with Randy Orton, it's what that's what's giving us the extra thing that says, hey, I'm I'm a fan of Drew McIntyre. Like, I just don't like this guy, but now I'm a fan of his. And he's, uh, you know, we're getting, like you just said, the edgy Drew McIntyre. And that definitely showed more this week than it has any other week prior. And sometimes we got to see the psychopath in the Scottish psychopath. We got to see why he got that nickname. I thought this was really good stuff. I did not need to see Keith Lee in a match with Orton again. I did not need to do it. I legitimately would have rather Keith Lee had the night off than the same match over and over again. I didn't need it. Uh, I'll tell you what else I didn't need. I did not need the hurt business against Apollo oh. Crews again. But I liked what happened in the end. I was all for that. Um, There's plenty to this as well. But they attack, they being Hurt Business, they attack Cedric Alexander before the match. Um, Ricochet has faced members of the Hurt Business like six times in the last month and a half. But Cedric turns on Ricochet and Apollo and joins the Hurt Business. So for many reasons, I like this. The match, whatever. Cedric and Ricochet clearly weren't working as a team for no reason other than Vince McMahon didn't care that much about them, so they're not going to work as a team. Apollo and Ricochet, I would love to see as a team. They've got history together as well. And Cedric needed something new. I think this works out for all parties involved, but how do you feel about it? So obviously the whole the whole portion of this, the main thing was the story, obviously. But I'm excited for Cedric because I can't remember the last time there was any sort of focus on him prior to that. And we've mentioned it before where he's maybe one of those guys that needs somebody to, to do the words for him, to do the speaking for him. So I think that this does play out very nicely. Um, I do think that Cedric's got – the. There was something still missing for me in terms of, like, it didn't really feel, like, that believable. I think he still needs to work on, like, the facials and all of the extra Mm -hmm. stuff that goes into it because I was kind of like, yeah, uh, I turned on my team and I'm with you guys now. Okay, but it didn't really feel like, oh, my God, I'm so shocked. And I think it's because it was the sell necessarily wasn't there for me from Cedric's behalf. Uh, That was my one and only issue with it, but I am excited to sort of see him grow into this new uh, persona. Well, if you're looking to work on your facials and what goes into it, if you're looking to watch something grow, well, fortunately for you, we can help out your penis. Thanks to BlueChew.com. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But 
They work on your schedule. They work whenever you're ready or even if you're not ready. Get it? Uh, it helps you grow. Yes, that's because it gets you an erect penis to further accentuate your sexual performance. And it's a chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster. And even though it gets into your system a lot faster, it'll help you with that sustained push. Maybe somebody showed up minutes before and changed the script on you. You don't have time to improvise. Oh, yes, you do, thanks to BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. You don't need to go to the doctor's office right now. You don't need to go to the pharmacy now, and you never have to when it comes to BlueChew.com because it's prescribed online by Blue Chew affiliated physicians who make sure you get the active ingredient that works well for you. It's not just for people that have a problem. It's for that enhanced performance. Are you tired of the same old matches? Well, spice it up a little bit. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. He, she, they will thank you. Use that code Fightful. Get your first shipment free and hit them up at blue chew let them know you heard about them from us anakin jmt says r.i.p denise's reactions she's got used <laughs> to the segues oh no she she still no had some good ones. no i was actually thinking where is he is he gonna go where i think he's going or does he have it because i never know when you have new sponsors on the show I'm so good. i thought are you doing like a plant thing now like is this are you are we planting seeds like where where are you going with this i, I didn't want to jump to conclusion. You can plant plenty of them with BlueChew.com. Anakin asks if he can design a Bring On The Hammer shirt for your PWT's shop. Hey, I welcome all designs. (laughs) Colt Badeau says, and if you don't want continuous hurt business, oh, come on. K2KYD says, hashtag plug that plug. And Gorilla Press asks about a KO shoot promo on Raw Talk. I don't know anything about that. I haven't seen Raw Talk right now. But we will talk about that uh, that fight a little bit later. But uh, Shelton Benjamin is not quite convinced that Cedric Alexander has joined the Hurt Business and really like intimidates him. Says if this is some kind of game, you're going to pay for it. Uh, Dizzy C says, can someone explain to me what Cedric gains going from being the number two guy in Apollo's crew to the number four guy in Hurt Business, especially when the Hurt Business is 50-50 with Apollo's team? Well, I mean, look at what Shelton Benjamin gained. He went from not being on TV to being on TV every week and winning matches. I think he does gain a little bit. What do you think, Denise? I mean, I think he has to. Like I just said it, there finally feels like there's some sort of focus on him. I mean, I don't remember the last time where he just came out, had a match, had some good spots. That was it. But there was never like an actual, hey, this is what's going on with this guy right now. And even like that backstage segment where Shelton Benjamin wasn't necessarily convinced by him. Okay, so we're getting a little intrigued now. What's going on here? Why is it that Shelton Benjamin doesn't necessarily believe him? And that's a whole lot more than what we were originally having with Cedric Alexander, where every now and then he would come out and team up with Ricochet. They'd have a match, and that was it. There was no other sub. There was no more substance to it. There's already more meat on the bone to him than, hey, I'm just going to show up and lose to the Hurt Business. And I like that. I like that a lot. And maybe win the 24-7 title here and there. Well, they face Apollo Crews, Ricochet, the, the Viking Raiders, and this match was a mess. It was a mess all around. A lot of it wasn't their fault. Um... I mean, Lashley speared Eric, Ivar clocked MVP. The crowd was really fake loud during this, which didn't explain why they were so quiet in other matches. 
Ricochet did a full Nelson suplex on Cedric, but they were supposed to go into a pin there that didn't quite work. Everybody did their signature moves, and Ivar did a dive, and he threw up the X hand signal because he was hurt. And they went into the finish, which was a Michinoku driver, and Ricochet actually kicked out, which they brought attention to after the match. But they called Nautable and got the match over. Um, obviously, you got first off, you got to hope that Ivar's okay. But this was just messy. Yeah, and here's the thing, too, where it was the same thing. We're like, okay, now we're seeing the Hurt Business again. We just saw them right now. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, I could do with something else right now. And it was one of the things that it just sort of took me out of the match to begin with because I had already felt like I've already I've already seen this. Oh. I've already seen the Hurt Business earlier today. I'm good. You want to know how much you've seen the Hurt Business? You've seen them face Apollo Crews in 11 straight matches. Apollo Cruz's last 11 matches have been against members of the Hurt Business. He has faced nobody else since mid-June. Are you serious? No, I'm not kidding. I I put it in my stats piece. It's going to be hammered home. Bring on the hammer, as they say. Um, over and over and over and over. It just happens and happens and happens. And here's the thing is that sometimes I feel bad as a viewer when I'm watching and I think, oh, I'm not interested in this right from the start because I think, wow, I haven't even given it a chance. And sometimes I feel bad about that. You don't want to complain. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't want to be like, oh, God, I have nothing good to say. I already seen this. I'm not interested. I feel bad if it takes my interest out before the match even starts because that's just be real. That's not fair to the talent. It yeah. just isn't. As a viewer, I feel disrespectful doing that. But at the same time, when you're seeing the same things over and over, you can't – or even just like different combinations of thereof, you just – it's just a natural thing where your mind's just not as interested. It's, and it's easier for me to zone out, go on Twitter, see what other people are saying, and hey, it happens. Yeah. I, I consider myself very objective about these shows. I give them more leeway than I think I should with some of this stuff. I don't want to complain. I like wrestling. I love nothing more. But, oh, man. Ugh. Um, I, I want to see Apollo move on. Him and Ricochet can team up and maybe face uh, Cedric and, and Shelton as a, as a team. Whatever. Uh, Weeping Milwaukee says, Let Keith feud with the Hurt Business and fight Cedric. I think Keith is a little above Cedric on the cachet. I think it'd probably be Lashley if Keith Lee was fighting them. For like one match, it'd be cool just to see him bump like crazy for Lee. But other than that, I mean, there's I don't I don't think that he's definitely not at that level yet. And Weeping Milwaukee also says, "What rule says factions can only have tag matches?" Well, I mean, they've had plenty of singles too, but they do primarily work that. It's just ugh, it's the same old stuff. Mm-hmm. Patel Ron Six brings up the Michael Cole reference. Michael Cole said to Samoa Joe, you've had a lot of friends. How did you battle them? And Joe said, I usually just betrayed them in some horrible way, and it all works out in the end. He is great. He's like, yeah, I I like it because he doesn't necessarily like sugarcoat it or act like he's this new yes. persona. Nah, he embraces that he was, you know, not that nice at one point. Colt Badeau says, Keith Lee went off on Drew on Raw Talk. FYI, good, he should have. He should have. Uh, We have a bunch of Super Chats right now, some of them not necessarily pertinent to uh, Raw, but submit them anyway. Donate that that, those Super Chats. We'll get them answered. Terry Allen Jr. says, Denise, do you create meals occasionally? Do you cook? Meals? No. So I'm unfortunately – 
I'm that girl that does not like to cook and is totally anti being in the kitchen. And I will go on like feminist rants over this. And I've gotten into it with my grandparents because they're like, you're getting married. You need to cook. And I'm like, well, if my fiance wants to eat, he has arms and legs and a brain and can feed himself. So, yeah. I don't cook. Okay, I went off on a tangent on that one. Are you disappointed in me, Sean? I feel a sense of disappointment right now. Any female born after 1993 can't cook. All they know is McDonald's, charge they phone, twerk, be bisexual, eat hot chip and lie. Wait, hold the phone. I was born in 92, okay? And I don't eat McDonald's all the time. You might want to check your birth certificate. I'm sorry. I have no interest in cooking. I, It's not my thing, okay? Ed Sword PS4 says, My hope is Lee wins the Rumble and faces Reigns. They're still a long way away. They have no firm plans for WrestleMania that I know of. Uh, Evan Wright says, Where the heck is Bianca Belair? Somebody, please. Yeah, I wish she would be featured on this show. She's really good. Don't worry, she's going to pop in in like two weeks. She's going to be like super hot. She's going to be impressive. We're all going to go, whoa, and then we're not going to see her for like two weeks. K2KYD says both of you guys look a bit drained. Hope it wasn't the show. Hashtag FTF. Denise looking beautiful. Sean looking suave. Hold on. Uh, You have no excuse. I'm in a heat wave with one fan on, and I have a hundred mosquito bites. (laughs) I don't know what your excuse is. I'm just tired. I'm just tired, okay? <laughs> Man. By the way, guys, they said hashtag FTF. Uh, not to shill another website stuff, but go buy my FTF shirt over at WrestleTalk. <laughs> Wet my beak, as Alex says. Anakin JMT says, Denise says, if my fiance wants to eat, he's got arms and legs he can use. Talk about bringing the hammer. K2KYD <laughs> says, there's a good chance the talent isn't as interested in wrestling the same people over and over either. Yeah. I mean, that that was reiterated to me uh, last week that they they do want new stuff. They do want fresh stuff. Evan Wright exactly. brings up a BTE reference, says, Thoughts on Mr. Brody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lee forcing Evil Uno to change his Twitch username because he owns that as intellectual property. So unfortunate rebrand time. I love Dark Order on BTE. Uh, If you guys want to hear our coverage of BTE, Steven Jensen covers it every week in the Weekender podcast on Fightful Select. Make sure you subscribe. A lot of you ask, hey, where's the NXT UK 205 Impact ROH GCW coverage? Steven Jensen covers it. Every single week. Also, he's on uh, the post-NXT show tomorrow. 
And Rob Wilkins says, AJ mentioned on Twitch he would maybe like to form a team with Balor. If Balor doesn't win tomorrow, would you like to see it or maybe later? I would love to see an AJ uh, Finn Balor uh, team. I think that would be fun. I would like to see it, but I definitely don't see it happening. They're in two; to- they're going two totally different directions right now. Well, I'll tell you what you have seen happen: Street Profits against Andrade and Angel Garza, because it's the fourth time that we've seen it since July twentieth. Oh, by the way, they have had five singles matches involving them in that period as well. Hot new feuds. Yay. Um, this, you know, it's funny. All I wrote down from my notes was they needed. Okay. So here's the thing about the whole Angel Garza Andrade thing. It's like they've been teasing that they've been having issues, right? They're not necessarily on the same page today. It felt like they really pulled the plug on that, obviously with Garza walking out. But I, I'm thinking, okay, when are, if they're going to snap at some point, they've got to really go for it full on. So I kind of finally feel like they're going that direction. And I kind of would rather see them do something with each other right now than having them do the same thing of like one week, they're best friends. Then the next week they're not. And, you know, we get little glimpses of them not being on the same side. If you're going to pull the plug, just pull it already. Yeah, I completely agree. Garza walks out. Spinebuster Frog Splash. And this was all, I assume, to set up a tag team breaking up. Keep in mind, we got this team breaking up. We got Cedric and Ricochet. Um, We got just teams splitting everywhere. Iconics, Golden Role Models, it's everywhere. But then Cesaro and Nakamura came out, and they mentioned the quarterly brand-to-brand invitation, which I forgot was a thing. I think everybody else did, too. I did. And the promo after was so bad. I honestly think, and this is just to make things a lot easier, given the fact that there are really, the tag team division is really not... You know, there's not a lot going on there. I just think that at this point, it should just be one pair of tag team bouts. So that's a that's super chat it. we got. Um, we got a super chat, and I mean, knew it was going to be a talking point. Do you think WWE should unify the tag titles, says Marcus Ryan. Uh, people in the company are of the belief that they are going to, that, that I heard from today. They should. I feel like it's going in that direction. I do too. Um, this promo sucked. They challenged them for next week. They congratulate Profits for holding the titles but not defending them. And there was a bad STD joke on Cesaro. I just said that to get through this segment. Um, Yeah, here's my thing. I love tag team wrestling. I'm writing about it for the next edition of WrestleTalk Magazine. Not the upcoming one, the next one. About how much I love tag team wrestling and why WWE has screwed it up so bad. I don't think they should do this because I think they should book teams better. They shouldn't have to do this. But because they're so bad at it, I think they should now. If they're going to keep on booking tag teams so poorly, then yes, they should unify those tag team titles and make them just like the women's tag titles, defended across multiple brands. And that goes for NXT too at this point, because that tag division is not good either. Well, yeah, and here's the thing, too, is that, like, some of the best matches that I recall seeing last year, that a lot of them, like, match of the year candidates were tag team matches, So, and they were outside of WWE, so it's not like, hey, man, it's not like, it's not like tag team wrestling sucks or anything, but I just feel like they could do so, so much with the talent that they have, and it's just not 
connecting right now. Look at AEW. One of the most hyped matches of the weekend was FTR versus Hangman and, and Omega. One of my favorite matches on that show was us seeing the Young Bucks add some edge to themselves. Like, it was, it was really great. They should not have to be in this position because there are so many good people on that roster that they shouldn't have to do this. But my thing is, I have given up any sense of confidence that I have in their booking of tag teams, so I'm like, please just do it. Please just do it. Um, Evan Wright says, merge all three men's tag titles. NXT is no better, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. Oblivious Carey said, almost turned off from the same old matches until Cesaro. Cesaro makes everything good. That's, that's um, yeah, that's where we are. And whatever. We've got some more super chats. <laughs> Anakin says, Denise doesn't cook, but does she bake? I think that's a double entendre. Well, Uh, yeah, cupcakes, but that's about it. DJ the Kid says, I wonder if Denise hates cooking back. Most of the things come in boxes. I'm not sure what you mean there. Oh, because food comes in boxes and I got to pour the ingredients. Uh, Nah, I just hate cooking. Okay. Uh, Evan Wright says, this is Save It for SummerSlam, Andrade and Angel Garza edition. Boy, you're telling me. <sighs> it's like, it's, it's like, how do I put this? When they, they have an idea that they can do a feud, they stretch it out, but they don't make it interesting anymore. And it's frustrating. Except for Bailey and Sasha. That's incredible. Last week's SmackDown, if anybody wants to hop over here and say, you just hate WWE. No, last week's SmackDown was one of the best SmackDowns I've seen in years. I love that show. It ruled. Loved almost all of it. Uh, go check out my review of that. Michael Mathis says, how does Steven Jensen handle all that? Well, uh, I don't know. I used to. <laughs> I used to do uh, The Weekender, and I handed it off to him because I couldn't. So that'd be a question for him. S- ask him tomorrow. Tell him that uh, uh, you sent a super chat on this night, and he'll answer it. And uh, Weeping Milwaukee says, Sean, if WrestleTalk decided to screw you over and let you host WrestleMania to strip your contendership, what new round would you add like Luke did? Ooh, I know what I'd do. To test the amount of content they take from us, I would pick a random ominous quote from one of my interviews with a wrestler and make them guess who said it. While That's also nice. doing some self-promotion. Exactly. Yes, There you go. Fightful for life. <laughs> for, for, for life. Gorilla Press says, when you appear on Quizzlemania, tell Ollie Gorilla Press says, hashtag FTF and hashtag press that press. He will sink in his seat. I don't know what that means. But I do know that speaking of same old stuff, Denise... Our truth is having dinner, and Akira Tozawa and the ninjas oh, yeah, attack and try to beat him up. Oh, Weeping Milwaukee says, did Tozawa cut a hole in that table via ninjutsu? I don't know, but I wish somebody would have cut this segment with ninjutsu or a sword or a throwing star or something. I'm over it. This segment was confusing. I mean, I was like, I, I like these kind of backstage segments because I like to look at the food. You know, that's that's just my that's just me. But in terms of, uh, I, I didn't get it. It was so weird. He just runs off with the ninja in, in the little table, and, and that was pretty much it. I didn't understand what happened during all of this. It, it was all all over the place for me. Uh that is yeah. I'm with you there. This was. 
just dumb. Uh, we got an update on Ivar. He suffered a cervical injury on a dive to the floor. He has been uh, transported to a local hospital, is expected to make a full recovery. This, according to WWE. Best wishes to him. Um, definitely hate to see him get hurt. Anakin JMT says, Remember when Tazawa was on a tear with the Cruiserweight Tournament? Yeah, I remember when he got ha, ha, ha over. Just chance, he's, he got it over, Denise, and nothing. He does what he, whatever he's told to do, he does it just fine. And that's why whenever he's on, I actually enjoy his work because I know he's going to do a good job no matter what. I mean, I don't expect much from him because I know what he's given, but, you know. Yeah. Evan Wright says that he hasn't, that Tazawa hasn't been the same since the Jerry Lawler thing. I mean, they, they gave him a stupid stereotypical gimmick is what happened. They gave him a stupid gimmick. Evan Wright says, John Silver is the best thing in wrestling right now. John Silver is amazing on being the elite. And that powerbomb I saw him do on the buy-in the other night, I, I want to send him a letter, snail mail, that just says, never let anybody kick out of that again. It was one of the most breathtaking moves ever. I, I just don't think he should do it unless he's winning the match. <sighs> I don't think they should do Peyton Royce versus Billy Kay again. This oh, was, this was not good. It was bad. And I like both of these women an awful lot uh, for different reasons. I think Peyton could develop into a good worker. I think Billy Kay is super funny. Uh, apparently, Kevin Dunn doesn't agree with me on the super funny thing from what I hear. But they did not promote this match. They did not promote the Losers Must Split. These two girls got a raw deal. And you know what? The match wasn't good either. No. It was not. Like, it... There's the the notion that a lot of people subscribe to. You can hit your friends a little bit harder because they're your friends. They did not subscribe to this notion, Denise. So here's okay. So first of all, let's just start off with the build to all of this. I mean, there was none. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing. I mean, given their history, you would think if they had any sort of hope for it that they would at least you know build it up a little bit. Heck, even just like a pre a pre match interview talking about the split, even just that would have added a little extra to this. But it was kind of like okay, this tag team broke up. They were forced to break up, and and now they're in a match together. But it also sort of feels disconnected connected because i mean one minute they're hugging and crying in the ring then the next Peyton throws billy into you know in the raw underground and then after that you know they come out today and they're mad at each other but then afterwards they're hugging so i kind of feel like we're having different moments here and i'm thinking okay so are you guys mad at each other are you guys missing each other what's really happening here so i felt like there's a big disconnection with that with the match in the beginning it felt like your regular ordinary two girls are being paired up in a match right now and if anything I actually thought that commentary did a good job of making it feel like a bigger deal uh it wasn't until a little bit more into the match where I started feeling like there was actually some sort of you know uh you know heat between them like they were supposed to but I mean the match itself was not good and it was very unfortunate and I that was it. Yeah. I feel like they could have done a whole lot. They could have built a whole story around this and, you know, done a somewhat decent match, but it just didn't add up. It just um, kind of feels like they just want to have Peyton Royce move on immediately. Peyton's got to lay it in, especially with the women that she's going to be working with. She's got to lay in the offense. Uh, Billy Kay got kicked by Jessamyn Duke last week. She ain't going to get kicked no harder by Peyton Royce than she did Jessamyn Duke. Just lay it in there. Make it look good. She's way better than that. 
Peyton Royce has one of my favorite fisherman suplexes in the world. I love it. Love the way that she does that. Hope she brings that back. She ended up winning with her spinning suplex. Uh, Eloquent says, who are we supposed to root for in the match? I get what a lot of people are saying there, and I know there are a lot of people that will go, well, who's the baby face? Who's supposed to? There isn't always going to be a baby face in every match. There are MMA fights all the time with two people that you like, two people that you don't like. Not everybody is going to have like the baby face heel thing. Do you think that they should have made that more defined? They did hug after this match, and I kind of like that. I that's different. I'm I'm okay with that. I didn't. Had they had they made it clear we're being forced to have a match, then okay, I get it. Let's you know we respect each other. Let's go into this match. Let's have a good match, and then afterwards we hug. Okay, but the match didn't necessarily start off like that. You just can't be mad at someone one minute and then be happy with them the next minute. So that was where my confusion came here, and I'm also thinking like. I think that like you just mentioned that Peyton Royce is going to have to step it up, especially if she's going to be the one that gets this push afterwards. And yeah, I completely agree with that because I think right now she hasn't gotten to that point where she's really bringing anything different like some of the other women that we're seeing. So if I've said this last week too, if anything, I think that Billy's more different in sense of bringing something new to the table. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen next, but I just think that it would have helped both women out to have more substance for their breakup. I do think that you can fight and then be fine right afterwards, but usually that's a respect that's developed. They already had that respect. They kind of split. They did their fight, and then they hugged again. So it's like, It didn't eh. feel like the sportsmanship one. You know, the sportsmanship yes, thing is what you're talking about. It didn't feel like that. It seemed like sympathy, like, like pity type of thing. Yeah. Queen Hannah said, I was glad they didn't uh, make Peyton attack Billy because they didn't want to break up, and it would have made even less sense. Yeah, then they threw that thing in there la- with – Peyton tossing Billy to the wolves last week. So, ah, it's it's a little hit or miss. It's inconsistent is what it is. Gorilla Press says, Oli will know what it means and you will have the edge, referring to the trash talk earlier. Hey, I'll go for it. Reminder, guys, donate to Super Chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air, but leave a thumbs up and subscribe. Oscar and Mickey James defeated Lana and Natalia. If you feel like you have watched Mickey James face these two, it's because you have seen her face them three times over the past three weeks. She brought back the flappy pants, but they have no pant to them, Denise. So at this point, she's just trolling me. Uh, this match it was, doesn't bother me at all. So. I know, it doesn't really bother me either. Um, I did not like this either. I thought this was really messy. Lana hit a face buster. Mickey missed a drop kick by a mile. Uh, I did like that Asuka tagged herself in and tapped out Lana, but while that happened, Mickey was like, oh, i got to go land this kick. It didn't look good, though. Um, yeah, yeah, I think in terms of this match, you know, if, it, if the point of this was just to be like, hey, Asuka and Mickey James are having a match next week, so let's make sure that they're angry at each other and let's make sure they're not working with each other, then that's the only thing that I can see this match accomplishing. But other than that, I mean, there was really nothing there. I'm still not... I mean, there are moments when I like the whole Natalia Lana thing, and then there are moments where there are moments where I think it's funny and it's working, and there are moments where it just falls flat. I think this was one of the weeks that it did kind of fall flat for me. I thought this would have made a lot more sense if Mickey stole the pin from Asuka. The person who's challenging for the title stole it from the champion, and the champion's like, what? I, that was mine. Uh, right. Elo- Eloquent says, Mickey has a title shot but can't get an entrance. I don't care much for that, but on a three-hour show, woof. 
Uh, Dizzy C says, this Oscar feud is already making me miss Sasha and Bayley. Well, um, the tag team title feud isn't going to help you much either. Uh, Riot Squad defeated Shayna Baszler in a handicap match. I am not about this Shayna Baszler getting pinned in three minutes off a distraction thing. This was stupid, especially considering right after that, the lights just go out and they don't finish the one with Nia Jax. Now, we'll talk about Retribution momentarily, but that was, I didn't like this at all. I mean, right from the start when I saw that they were doing two handicap matches, I was a little bit like, okay, that's where we're going here. But I actually, I get what you mean by, okay, we don't want Shayna to get distracted and all of that. But this isn't the Shayna that we're used to. We're seeing more of the comedic Shayna right now. This isn't like the badass Shayna. So I feel like with this version of Shayna... It was fine. I think if anything, Liv Morgan needed a you know a little victory like that over some or someone like Shayna. So it wasn't horrible. I mean, the match was nothing special. It was super short. So uh, it was actually shorter than I expected it to be. And then the Nia the Nia Riot Squad match, I actually did think that that one was just picking up. I I was actually liking what they were doing there when everything just sort of went dark. I wish they would have flip-flopped it. I wish Nia would have got pinned and they would have went lights out on Shayna because I think there's a big singles run in Shayna. I do not think that there's a good singles run in Nia in that same sense. A uh, couple super chats before we get into Retribution because I, I also I'll say this. Riot Squad as a team uh, have not lost the, in their last six matches that they've teamed up together. I like that. They're not losing and they're getting a title shot. I'm all for that, and I like that. They looked good. Ruby and Liv always look good, though. They always, I mean, from their gear to their in-ring, they always do good. Gorilla Press says, now Nia has a reason to say, I never lost. That does seem like something she could get under Shayna's skin with. Yeah, they can, I honestly, as a team, they did look good. I feel like they're connecting the dots more. Jared says, did Peyton Royce come out to Keith Lee's music? No, she did not. And Oblivious Carey says, that hug was a proper send-off to catering. Very well could be. Uh, but Retribution showed up. And this <laughs> promo, it sounded like they recycled Ronda Rousey scripts. It was so bad. You will face a world of desolation. <laughs> Retribution is coming for you. <laughs> they used Every syllable they could possibly use. It was so dumb. At first, when they, like, like for a mere couple of seconds, I was I thought Kevin Owens was talking. I was like, wait, is that Kevin Owens? I, I don't know why, but I heard his voice. But then when, like, it, oh, the picture opened up and I saw what was happening, I thought, oh, they're using the voice, whatever you call it. And, I mean, this was... It was silly. I think at some point they're going to have to start revealing some of the members, if not the leader. I mean, at least we're getting them to talk now. They have a logo, yeah. but yeah, I mean, get- it is what it is. We're getting them to talk. We will masticate, masturbate, evaporate, <laughs> viscerate, and castrate you. Oh. That's them. Uh, Colt Badeau says, Mia Yim. Dijak and maybe Titus in Retribution? I sure hope Titus ain't in Retribution. I'll tell you that much. Eloquent says Ali should be the leader of Retribution. I fully think he should be in Retribution. I don't know about the the leader, but I think that he should be in it, and I think they should play the hacker into this too, because that was a hot angle that they just dropped. 
I I don't see Ali doing it, being in retribution. I feel like I have higher hopes for him than being in retribution. Fair. But hey, I mean, if it, he's I think he's just been tweeting like every time that he's not on Raw, like see you guys on main event, and that's like yeah. it. But so I kind of I feel bad. But I mean, if it's gonna be either that or retribution, then I get it. Okay, retribution. But I would rather see him do something else. Reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. Can't tell you how much that helps. Weepy Milwaukee says, Retribution should be Twitch and Cameo executives. They're going to lose a lot of money off that. Um, Jonathan Hedman says, I think after tonight, Retribution is all the former Black Scorpions. Well, that is WWE's thing. They love bringing back those legends, huh? Evan Wright says, I refuse Dark Order Retribution comparisons. I don't because I was there in the arena when Dark Order debuted. I was there many times. Uh, when they, they showed up, and they sucked. They had a terrible debut. They were not good, and they became good. So you never know, although I have far less confidence in WWE's booking than I do AEW's. But Matt Scales asks, Hey, Sean and Denise, who do you think will be the leader of Retribution, or who would you like it to be? Well, my original opinion was Aleister Black, but now that's out the window. So I kind of am just waiting to see because, honestly, that was my opinion. And now I know um, that when Roman Reigns came in, I thought for a second that it might be him. But then that also went out the window. So now I kind of feel like all my predictions were just completely off. I just think it's going to be a group of people, just a group of I don't think they'll have a leader. No leader. And I just think they'll, they'll be a group. I am struggling to find sense in how matches end in Raw Underground. I like the Aleister Black-Kevin Owens fight. I like Owens' consistency in hating Shane McMahon. That is very entertaining. Aleister Black is wearing basketball shorts, and he black masses a guy in the face. That was cool. But they Did brawl. you like the shorts? Did you like him in the shorts? Uh, I mean, if he's going to play some basketball, sure. Let me tell you. Doing MMA or grappling in basketball shorts is a pain. Uh, they, they make them board short style. That way fingers don't snag and stuff like that. That way, because you can dislocate fingers in pockets and all kinds of stuff like that. But, uh, like, this is good. Owen slammed him and all that, and they fought through three segments, and there was a triangle into a slinging powerbomb. It's just I couldn't tell if the fight was ending or not. Then they'd just come back, and it's like, oh, they're still fighting. The match is still on. Well, how would I know? Because in previous weeks, if you roll outside the ring, it's over. There's no consistency here. I'm sorry. I'm just not a fan of Raw Underground. I've tried to get into it. I've even, you know, I've, I've. I've tried to see it differently. I'm just still that person that there hasn't been not one reason for me to be like, you know what? This is cool. I'm not feeling it. I did like the idea that they matched up Kevin Owens and Alistair Black. But, I mean, I'm just not feeling it. There hasn't been anything for me that I'm just like, oh, I'm excited to see Raw, Raw Underground. If anything, it's kind of like the point of the show where I'm like, all right, what what madness is going to go on right now? That's about it. I mean, I think I was more liberal about it and open-minded than, than anybody because I love the style and it's it's mm-hmm. what I came up on. It's got to make sense. I thought that they do it. They These two did it well. It just didn't make sense. Like, they go into Dabakato, who hasn't been there since, like, the second week when he ripped somebody's dong off, and he attacked both of them. Eloquent said, yeah, why do they keep interrupting? that didn't interrupt- do them any favors either. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to add that. It didn't do them any favors. No, it didn't. And neither did interrupting them. As Eloquent said, he goes, why do they keep interrupting them? I don't know. 
It was weird. It was so weird. Like, are we to believe that they fought for like 20, 25 minutes? If they did, give me that footage. I want to watch Alistair Black and Kevin Owens fight for 25 minutes. That's true too. When we bet, when we went back into it, I thought, oh, this is still the same thing. And I thought, I, I was very confused at that point. But I guess, I guess the idea is to believe that they kept going that entire time. Because I think they even mentioned something about about or around or something. I might have not paid close attention to that. Yeah. Uh, Gorilla Press says one spin kick later, Alistair Black can miraculously see. Well, I mean, yeah, you can regain your eyesight. I'm not upset about that or anything. But then we had the street fight, and this was actually a lot of fun. Uh, the promos were not. Ray's promo, Dominic's promo, I did not like them whatsoever. I did like Buddy Murphy's, though. How would you feel about him? I I liked what Buddy Murphy had to say. I, I feel I'm with you on the same thing with Dominic and all of that. But in terms of the, the promos, it was like whatever. But I did like that Buddy came out and he was pissed because of because of you. You know, Seth Rollins is not, you know, treating me well or whatever. It's your fault that this all went down. So I did like that he put the blame on them. I, I did actually like when Rey Mysterio basically said, like, it's not my fault that, you, you know, you decided to praise this messiah or whatever. Yes. Um that was cool. But this was actually the second thing that I liked on the show. The first thing was uh, that I liked was everything that went down with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. The second thing that I liked was the closing of the show. Yeah, this, this match was fine. There were a couple of really good spots. Buddy Murphy is great. He is so great. But also, by the way, this is the third time we've seen Dominic and Buddy Murphy fight in the last three weeks. But Dominic hit a dive off the video boards and an insane... Uh, sliding, sliding sunset flip powerbomb through a table. I had a wrestler who left WWE probably on not the greatest of terms go out of their way to message me tonight. And they're like, and he never, he never spent any time at the PC. They were like impressed by how good he was. And this is somebody who, let me tell you, when they, they, they got good really fast themselves. So they know a thing or two about it. Just going out of their way to say good things. Uh, this ruled. Murphy kicked out of a frog splash. Uh, I loved Aaliyah and Angie's integration in this match. Them helping Dominic out of the ropes. They looked like they knew what they were doing. They just yanked him out. Like they grew up in a wrestling family. Like they'd been around one. And then they all beat up Murphy with kendo sticks. Angie was so hesitant. Aaliyah was not. Yeah. It was awesome. And the timing was perfect when they untied him from the ropes. And it happened so yeah. fast. I didn't see it coming whatsoever. I think it's having those cool spots like this that really are going to get the people to be like, you know what? I'm excited for Dominic. You know, I, I want to see his matches. And so I was really impressed with this match. I, I very much enjoyed it. I love the ending because it was creative. I didn't see it happening. At first, when they came out uh, with Aaliyah holding the kendo stick, I thought, oh, okay, I get it. Like, she's using it as a way to protect yourself just in case something were to happen. I understand that, but I wasn't expecting the end just for everybody to be like smacking them with the kendo sticks. I thought that was fantastic. And the part that she wasn't even hesitant whatsoever, I thought that was all really cool. And um, so here's one of the things. So I spoke with Conan uh, and Dominic is his godson. And that was the thing that he said in our interview that Dominic does not get nervous whatsoever. Like he's those people that is just like chill. He goes out there and he's just like doing what he does and so it was really interesting to know that and sort of get that behind the scenes because that sort of makes more sense to me now where you know people that don't have that 
he doesn't have that much experience. So when he goes out there and he does these things and he hasn't had like, you know, an embarrassing moment or a big mistake or anything like that. And now I know why it's because he goes in with this attitude of I'm not nervous. I'm just going to go out there, do what I'm supposed to do. And that's it. And so I thought that was sort of a really interesting insight into Dominic. And maybe that's probably why he's been executing the stuff that he's been doing in the ring so well. Yeah, guys, check out that interview that Denise did with Conan. Lots of good stuff there. Um, I love the close of this show. I was cackling obnoxiously at this. I was laughing so hard. Queen Hannah said, Angie was scared, and Aliyah was like, nah, let me beat some men up. It really seemed <laughs> like it. She got more comfortable, too, with, like, each chick. like, the first one you can tell, she was, like, a little hesitant. Uh, yeah. But then after that, she was just like, yay, like, oh, this is fun. It was so good. Um, <laughs> this was, I really liked this, and I needed it because I was real down on Raw tonight. It was I did not like it at all. Gorilla Press says Dominic looked like gold for a young talent. I'm sure he's done years of training with his father. That's the thing. Everybody asked me, like, oh, when's Dominic going to have his first match? Everybody had been like, I don't know. We we haven't really seen much of him. It had been really quiet. And here he is, and he's a natural. Uh, Dizzy C says, Mr. Murphy, the Mysterio Familia sent its regards. They sure did. And finally, uh, Evan Wright says, if Shane comes back to actual TV with Daba Kato as his Matanza from Lucha Underground killing people, this whole, whole Raw Underground will be paid off for me. If he, if Daba Kato is good in the ring, I'd be okay with him being like the Lucha Underground Matanza Kato. I'd be all right with that. <sighs> Denise, let's put a bow on Raw. What are your final thoughts on the, on the show? I feel bad, but I didn't enjoy Raw today. No. I, I, I kept looking at the clock today, which was very – I was kind of already out of it to begin with, and it did nothing to bring me in. I liked two things about the show, which I mentioned, and that was kind of about it. And, you know, it's very unfortunate. Yeah, this show sucked. But I'll tell you what doesn't suck, Denise's channel. I thought you were going to go into a blue chew reading. Really? <laughs> you know what doesn't suck. And I, I was like, oh, okay. Well, we're something's, okay. something's getting sucked when you use blue chew. Let's be real. <laughs> Um, t- Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm super active. Go on there. Um, and then YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo as well. I've surpassed 30,000 followers and subscribers. I'm on to the next round. So uh, hopefully that happens. Come on over, check out the stuff, and check out the Conan interview. Uh, that's like one of the best interviews that I've done in a really long time. And it was over an hour long. And I mean, Conan is one of the most honest people in wrestling and one of the greatest minds in wrestling. So listening to him talk with like no BS, no filter, this is what he thinks of what's happening. It's just very, very refreshing. So check that interview out. Yeah, guys, make sure you check it out. I love that interview. That was great work, Denise. Uh, I will be all over the place this week. Uh, Today, my first podcast with Kenny McIntosh of Inside the Ropes dropped. It's on their podcast feed Check it out. We talk about how I got into wrestling, um, why I left what culture. That's a fun story I've told a couple times. Uh, and we've got we got into news. This week, I will be on MMAfighting.com's uh, show. My gosh, Between the Links is what it's called. Wednesday, I'm on Quizzle Mania over at Parts Fun Known and Wrestle Talk. 
But you know what? You can find me every single day at Fightful.com. Smackdown reviews. List in your boy. Post Raw. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.